Alrighty, everyone, we have our final topic of property. And I apologize, my mouth is getting pretty tired from all this talking. I think I've been talking for nearly an hour straight by this point, which is getting pretty tiring, surprising or not. Surprising or not. I'm getting a little out of it. So ultimately, we're talking about takings in this final episode, and we're going to be focusing on regulatory takings. There are two main types of takings, physical takings and regulatory takings. Physical takings are pretty straightforward, so we're not going to be focusing very much on that because regula- uh, because physical takings are, well, the government steps in, physically takes the property, uh, saying we are going to take your home or we are going to take your land for this reason. So physical takings, pretty straightforward. So we're going to be focusing on regulatory takings. Well, what is this? Well, a regulatory taking is when government passes a law, passes an ordinance, or a regulation that ultimately impacts how a property owner is using their home to the extent to where, well, we'll be applying certain tests to where they're no longer allowed to use it in a certain way enough to say that, hey, this is effectively a taking. It's the functional equivalent, so to speak. So that's really going to be what a regulatory taking is, and we'll get more into the standards. So traditionally, the standard was that lawsuits against the government for regulatory takings, those just weren't permitted. Uh, The Supreme Court said that as long as the regulation had a valid police purpose, then no taking had occurred. Uh, So this is the eminent domain uh, test where if there is a valid police purpose, rational basis, there's no taking. But with the passage of time, for regulatory taking, I should say, with the passage of time, regulatory takings were permitted. So acts and regulation that moved to significantly limit the use of property without any just compensation were deemed unconstitutional. And we have two kind of two cases that really begin to introduce this. Uh, Mugler, uh, I, I won't get into the details. Uh, I believe this was. I can't remember the details on Mugler actually, but oh wait, yes I do. Uh, the state limited um, manufacturing of alcohol, and ultimately it put Mugler out of business, and his property had very little value because of this. And then we have Hadachek, where the state prohibited the manufacture of bricks within city limits. Both of these cases, interestingly enough, even though I just said regulatory takings did start to allow, these were not cases of takings. And the reason for that is because the purpose of the legislation was to mitigate innoxious use or nuisance. So, regulatory. What our big takeaway from these two cases is: regulatory takings could be allowed, but if the regulation was used to limit a noxious use or a nuisance, then no taking had occurred. And this leads us right into Pennsylvania Co. Cole Co. versus Mahone. I'll say Mahone, 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 something like that. 
Mahoon, I'll say Mahon. Mahon lived over a mine. Uh, Pennsylvania Coal Co. wanted to mine. Pennsylvania Coal Co. had rights to coal underneath the property of Mahon. And ultimately, Mahon didn't want them to mine underneath them. And a statute was passed that prevented mines, coal companies, from mining certain parts of the ground. And so Pennsylvania Coal Co. is suing, I believe suing, it might have been the other way around, saying any limitation based off of the statute limits the use of our rights, and ultimately this regulation would be considered a taking. Property may be regulated to an extent, but when the regulation goes too far, then it will be considered a a taking requiring just compensation. And that was the big takeaway from this case. But the question still remains of when has the regulation gone too far? In this case, the court considered three things. They talked about the diminution of value. Uh, This is going to be the decrease of value. Was it significant? Uh, Like the actual cost of the property? They're going to be focusing on any public interest and whether the regulation was to minimize the public nuisance or whether there is a reciprocity of advantage. And this is going to be where the court considers the burdens on the property owner and whether it's offset by the burdens of the regulation. I believe in this case a taking had occurred. Uh, The regulation went too far. And a big reason for that was because Pennsylvania Coal Co. did have rights here that they had bargained for with Mahone. And so ultimately, the regulation did go too far, and a taking had occurred. Now, that is not the test that we currently apply, those three uh, steps. But now, we were introduced to the central standard. And this is based off of Penn Central Transportation Co. versus the city of New York. In this case, Penn Central Transportation wanted to build on top of Grand Central Station uh, in the city of New York. Uh, They wanted to add on to it, and the city of New York had a statute that put Grand Central Station as a historical landmark And any changes to the exterior of that landmark needed to be approved by the city in order to make any changes. Well, Penn Central Transportation presented a plan for the changes to this station, and the city denied it. So Penn Central Transportation is saying, look, you denied our application, and so you took our property by this designation unconstitutionally because you didn't justly compensate us. The argument for the just compensation, just to briefly put it on the table, is that any rights that Penn Central had uh, to use the property above, uh, use the airspace above, would be transferred into neighboring property that they would be able to use. So you, you could argue 
that the restrictions would be waived for different locations that was not underneath the designation. But as far as the taking part goes, the court adopts a three-factor balancing test. Uh, the first factor is whether the economic is to consider the economic impact of the regulation on the claimant. You need to consider the extent the regulation interfered with the distinct investment-backed expectations. And then they need to examine the character of the governmental action. As far as the governmental action goes, the character, there are four different types of characters. There's permanent physical occupation, which favor taking. There's temporary physical invasion, which also favors taking. There's if the nature is to use for widespread benefits, this is less likely to be a taking. And then if it's to limit widespread harm, then there is no taking at all. So that's going to be the nature of the government action. For the first factor, let's go ahead and just define these more readily. For the first factor, the economic impact of the regulation against on the claimant, the court's going to consider the loss that occurs as a result of the regulation. It's kind of similar to the diminution of value. Uh, here, this was against Penn Central just because they made a substantial profit. They weren't able to profit in the way that they wanted to in this situation, but they still made substantial profits. For the second factor, uh, the court is going to look at reasonable expectations at the time the parties originally entered into the agreement. We're going to be looking at that at the time of purchase. In this situation, Penn Central wasn't expecting to expand in the way that they were doing when they originally made the purchase. And then, once again, uh, the character of the governmental action. As I mentioned, the more physical in nature, the more likely a taking is going to occur. And then also the courts are going to consider the purpose of the regulation, uh, whether that's to limit a nuisance, that's going to be considering the widespread benefits or limiting a widespread harm. So that's the central standard. But since the central standard, there have been several categorical tests that have been adopted. So I'm going to go ahead and back up before I go any further. And I want to talk about the proper analysis whenever we're given a takings question. Uh, the first step of analysis is that we're going to start with these categorical rules that I'm about to talk about. Ultimately, a categorical rule is where the court's going to look at this, and if it meets the rule, then it falls into this category. And if it falls into this category, then that's going to be the standard that you apply no matter what. But if the, the situation doesn't fall within that category, well, then we're going to go to the more general standards. And the general standards are going to be the Penn Central analysis. So first, we're going to start with categorical rules, which we'll talk about. And then if not, then we're going to go back to these, this Penn Central analysis where we're looking at the economic impact, the investment-backed expectations, and then the character of governmental action. I just wanted to pause there so that was clear. I'll go ahead and sum that up again at the end. But I wanted to at least get that on the table. So what are, are these categories? 
there's two main categories. There's a third one I'll briefly mention. But the two main categories is permanent physical occupation. And then the second is the loss of all economically beneficial use of the land. Our standard for permanent physical occupation comes from the case Loretto versus Teleprompter Manhattan CATV Corp. In Loretto, the standard term definition of if there is a physical permanent physical occupation is to consider when the invasion of the property is a permanent physical occupation, no matter the reason, a per se taking has occurred. Notice, no matter the reason, that means even if the government has a very good reason of taking this property, if a permanent physical occupation has occurred, well then a taking has occurred. So what is a permanent physical occupation? Each of these words has a different part of analysis. A per, the, as far as the permanent goes, that means that the regulation allows the government or a third party to regularly use the property. Otherwise, it's going to be a temporary invasion. So a good example of a regular use of the property would be where the government builds a dam that is going to regularly flood the owner's property. If the dam is built and only sometimes floods the property, or rarely floods the property, then this is a temporary invasion. And the reason for this rule is to preserve the ability to exclude others from the property. So what about the physical aspect? Well, obviously this needs to be a physical intrusion. This can't be something that simulates intrusion. In Loreto, it was a physical intrusion. Wires are a very physical thing. And then occupation is obviously being present. Now the question here though is the third party question. Uh, what about regulations that don't have a third party? And what I mean by that is, what if a regulation requires landlords to install smoke detectors or mailboxes onto the property instead of having a third party install smoke detectors or mailboxes? These are not takings, according to Loretto, because landowners still have the ability to choose where those smoke detectors or where those mailboxes are going to be placed on their property. So that's permanent physical occupation. Once again, the standard is when an invasion of property is a permanent physical occupation, no matter the reason, a per se, that means as a matter of law, a per se taking has occurred. Now the second category is loss of all economically beneficial use of the land. I do want to note the importance of the word all there. This needs to be 100% loss. So what's the standard? Well, in Lucas versus South Carolina Coastal Coal Council, it says a regulation that results in the loss of all economically beneficial use of the land is a taking. But there is an exception to this rule. The exception is if the economic beneficial use of the land was unlawful before the regulation occurred. So a good example of this would be the nuisance doctrine. 
then the new regulation is not a taking. And these laws must be enacted before the landowner actually took title of the property. So this is kind of going back to Mugler and Hadachek that we had mentioned right at the very beginning. A nuisance, if there's a loss of all economically beneficial use of the land, but that land was a nuisance beforehand, well, then there is no taking. Otherwise, a taking has occurred. Let's talk about the economic va- uh, the economic value. Uh, this is going to be the market value. If the market value goes from $100,000 to zero, then that is a loss of land. But people can use land for other things, and so it's a matter of is there a beneficial or productive use other than just the price of the land and if the answer to that is no then all economically beneficial use of the land has expired a couple other things to note with this category is that a complete deprivation of this use is pretty much the equivalent of a permanent physical occupancy which is why it's allowed And then a consequence of the standard, it's important to note, that especially the exception is going to vary from state to state uh, as far as the application goes. And the reason for this is because different states have different property laws, and so you need to determine was this a nuisance in this state, was this a nuisance in that state, and if it was a nuisance, then it was unlawful and the exception applies. The third category is no essential nexus or lack of rough proportionality. This is just something to mention, something to be aware of, but nothing to concern ourselves over. But ultimately, it's when there's an exaction, and an exaction is when the government requires a developer to either transfer land or pay for some of the fees to cover any development. And it uses that as kind of like a quid pro quo to say, if you allow us to use this land in this way, then we give you approval for development. These exactions are going to be considered a taking if there is no essential nexus. And what that means, if there is no connection, no relationship between the exaction and a legitimate state interest. Or if the exaction is not roughly proportional to the impact of the project. So I did mention the essential nexus. What that is, it's going to be that relationship between those two. That's outlined in a case called Nolan versus California Coastal Commissions. As for the proportional, roughly proportional impact, this element is going to be outlined in Nolan versus City of Tigard, I believe is what it's called. But this roughly proportional definition just means what is given up by the developer the benefit given to the city needs to be proportional to what the uh, developer would have given up. Minimal use by the city is not proportional if it's a huge cost on the developer. And then one last thing to mention is that it's possible, potentially, that there are judicial takings. This is when the judicial branch, uh, by a court ruling, is going to interfere with the law in such a way that a homeowner is going to not be able to use their property in a certain way. 
this is unsettled. Uh, the courts have hinted that a judicial taking may occur, but ultimately that has not been the case. Okay, so let's run through our analysis one last time just to work through the history and work through the application of how it may be used. What's our analysis going to be? Well, first and foremost, we're going to start with the categories. And the categories are important because if it falls in the category, hard stop, no need to do any further analysis. So our two main categories that we're going to examine is the permanent physical occupation. And if there is a permanent physical occupation, hard stop, a taking has occurred. As for the loss, the second category is the loss of all economically beneficial use of the land. Now, if there is a loss of all economically beneficial use of the land, hard stop taking has occurred unless if that use was unlawful to begin with. And that goes back to nuisance, no longer allowed. Uh, taking has not occurred in that situation. But it is important to realize even if no taking occurs underneath the f- categorical rules, a taking could still have occurred underneath the Penn Central analysis. So we need to apply the Penn Central analysis, which has this three-factor rules that we use to determine the outcome of a case. The first factor is the economic impact on the claimant from the regulation. Second, we're going to see what, how much the regulation interferes with investment-backed expectations at the time of purchase. And then we're going to be focusing on the character of the governmental action. If a couple of those weigh really high and the other really low, we don't know if Penn Central is going to apply. If all three weighs really high, and then a taking has occurred. If all three of those weigh really low, then a taking has not occurred. So that's really our analysis. Start with categories. If not, move to Penn Central analysis to determine whether or not A taking has occurred that requires just compensation. And that's takings. That's our final part of property. My mouth is tired. I need a break. I will see you all later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it. As well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.